0: Wouldn't it be neat to hear another law show from the same type of attorneys talking in the same monotone voice, saying the same old things over and over again? Ah, no. this is legacy lawyers on legacy lawyers you get two big things number one we talk about the juicy details of cases that our law firm has dealt with of course changing the names and details to protect client attorney privilege and we dive into what options the clients had to choose from to fix their situation number two number two you get educated about how the effects of not doing planning can be devastating. Let's get into it. This is Legacy Lawyers, and here are your hosts, Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. What's
1: up, everybody? You there, Nathan?
2: Yeah, I... Um... Having some issues with some post-it notes.
1: Oh, you signed a contract with the post-it note again?
2: I actually have decorated my face with three different sizes of post-it notes.
1: Serious? <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> Too bad everyone oh. can't see the video. But so I guess my It's a good look is, for you. It's a good look.
2: Come into a next client meeting like this. You can just say, I so, do
1: everything with Post-its, so I keep them on my face in case I need one.
2: Maybe we could get Post-it to be a sponsor of our podcast. Who makes Post-it notes? I think it's... Uh, 3M? 3M, yeah. So my question is if You were Tony Shay's personal representative. What size of post it note would you hope that I had used to write these contracts? The one on my left lens, the one on my right lens, or the one stuck on the left side of my head in the arm of my
1: glasses? Well, I was about to ask what your left or my left, but now I know your left. Yeah, I would probably prefer the one on your left lens, the one that's as small as possible. That would have. <laughs> oh.
2: As little. No, I was turning my
1: head like this so that you could see the big one. You know, the one that's like
2: it's like an eight and a half by it's like an eight by ten, like picture. It's like the biggest post it note I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, that one. Yeah, that would probably be better because then you could actually maybe get some real terms of a contract. Mm-hmm. To but fit. I have
2: a feeling that he used this size
1: no he i think he i'm looking at the picture i haven't i have a picture of the actual post-it it's It's the one on your right
2: because when i thought of these like i definitely i thought it was that you know the what 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 size is that
1: two by three i just call it mini mini post-it two by three i don't i don't think you're supposed to give a number because no you just call it the mini post-it okay and then this is
2: like the first the original so you're saying that's the normal post-it so you're saying that the one that you're looking at that tony's latest creditor (laughs) claim has been
1: brought forward
2: on is on like the original
0: yeah
1: would you would you like me to share my screen with you so you can see it
2: yeah that'd be cool and then what i was looking for is you know how there's like there's even more mini ones there's like they're kind of like strips
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think I
1: have. Oh any. yeah, they're like you can use them as like to tag like places for people here. to sign. I mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think I have, I either. Think I have any either. Yeah, and then you
2: have, and then you have different Shoot. colored ones like this. Like this one's even different than that, right? This one's a square. Oh, there's no stick. There's not. That's nothing. That would be
1: called now. the technical term for that one, Nathan, is a square mini post-it.
2: Oh, so they okay.
1: Yeah. And these are all I mean people can look this up. These the turn the descriptions of these post-its are right on. It's it's what they're all called. Did you see did you see when I shared my screen this the post-it? Or did you miss it?
2: No, I I missed it because I've got a I gotta shut this up. I've got a news story that's pulled up. Um like the video just automatically started playing. You might have heard that guys i'm sorry no so
1: share your screen again okay so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh maybe post this video part of this on our uh, facebook page so if anyone wants to see what the actual tony shea post it looks like maybe we'll
2: do it maybe christy can show them what no. Oh yeah, no, I can see that, but uh, that looks bigger than a normal. Well, it's like, it's sc- it's
1: scroll down it's a little zoomed bit.
2: in. That's the I bottom. I think that's a bigger. No. Look you how think small that's that the original is. Original Post-it.
1: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten lines. Eleven Man, lines, that maybe. About right. I don't know. Maybe it's slightly bigger, but not by much. are you gonna gonna do the whole podcast with your post-its maybe yeah i think you should i think it will help you stay in the right frame of mind Mm
2: -hmm. believe it or not i can actually see my screen really
1: well only with one eye (laughs) so nathan catch up our uh listeners if they didn't hear the original podcast on tony shea Tony
2: Shay, um, and don't go googling Tony Shay and spell it the normal way because you won't find it. Tony Shea's last name is spelled H S I E H, and he is the late founder of the mega successful shoe sales website called Zappos. Um, he died in, as a result of smoke inhalation following a fire in mid, well, so it would have been like on the 8. the fire would have been like the 18th of November 2020, and he mm. passed away nine days later at the age of 46, um, leaving no estate plan. What was his net worth
1: approximately? um 90 90 million 90 no 840 million i there was way off was yeah like, i'm like wait a minute that doesn't i thought sound he was right.
2: closer to being a billionaire than that yeah so like a couple hundred mil short of being a, a billionaire uh, no estate plan but what he did leave is i don't remember the number but hundreds hundreds of mm-hmm. post-it notes where supposedly they he made that's how that's how he would memorialize deals and contracts and,
1: and keep track of things. So yeah.
2: So now his I mean sometimes even with estate planning documents it's hard enough to figure out what somebody's true intentions were depending on how well or poorly they're put together. But can you imagine being I think it's his dad and his brother that got appointed.
1: Yeah, so now now that he's passed and he had no estate plan, the state of Nevada has jurisdiction over his probate and his dad and his brother are the executors and they have to decide which Post-its to pay and which Post-its not to pay. So I think they decided not to pay a lot of them because this is the second lawsuit filed saying that they were they had a contract with tony and the post it is the contract yeah so let's so, read this yeah no i
2: cuz you gave me a little teaser of what this contract was about and it was if there's if there's one thing you can say about tony is that he was not a conventional man no he was not cuz if you and i were to retain someone's services and pay them we would like probably want them to you know help us produce good legal product help us service clients
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I think you're going to tell me that well I don't know I don't want to ruin this because you you came yeah. up with this so
1: well, let's yeah on? let's 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 see what the post-it says and then we'll go into because there's a transcript that also apparently goes with oh, this. Oh, and that's the part that I'm getting a kick out of. Yeah, transcripts got some good nuggets in it. A few things that everyone should implement in their business, or not, mm-hmm. or not. Maybe but. Works for Tony. So, okay. So at the top of the post, it has four names: it has Tony, Mark, Jen, and then it says court reporter. <laughs> and then it's dated August nineteenth, twenty twenty. And then it says, I will live on site September 20th, 2020, responsible for bars, help, and then I can't read that word, and project manager. I think it says manager.
2: So this would have been during a period of time where he had fallen in. Tony had fallen in love with the Park City area and was basically Mm -hmm. trying to single-handedly come in with his almost unlimited supply of money and save the economy of that resort town by paying caterers and family-owned businesses to do all kinds of things that he may or may not have needed
1: done Mm -hmm. so then the end of the post it says here i can't quite read it but it says something 450k and then it says signing bonus. And then it has like some percentages. There's 20% and I can't read what's next to the 20%. And then there's 5%, it says Tony. And then it's dated and it's signed, but it looks like Mark and Tony's signature, I think is maybe the second signature. And then at the very bottom, it says Nacho Daddy. Hmm. And then has some more percentages and some for, more names by it
2: which none of that makes sense when you look at this transcript because the transcript says so i don't know how this transcript came about but
1: court was reporter was there
2: oh, so there was a court so he actually had a court reporter that's what they said on hand and this is a this was an august afternoon on the beach so like where
1: I don't know, like like a beach of There's a lake. No
2: beach in Park City. The, at the lake. the lake. You can beach. do a lot of skiing. You can do a lot of hiking. You can do a lot of mountain biking. You can ride, um, what are those slides Al- called? Alpine the, slides. Alpine slides. You can zip line. You can go to the Olympic Park. Go no shopping. Go shopping big time. Lots of good places to eat. Probably some live music, but not back at the not not, yep. not at that point because all. Yep. Have yep. plenty of
1: post its yeah. there, plenty. <laughs>
2: but there's no beach. Yeah. So a I'm a looking- name Jen and an anonymous court reporter. So he says, is her name Jen Evansfold? Evansfold.
1: Um. Yeah,
2: Evans so, Fold. So he wanted to ha- her to help manage his bar operations. No, Mark. Also, he wanted Mark to manage his bar. Uh, Mark, okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mark Evansfold. Yeah. Okay. And he wanted him to, quote, work on random projects like koi fish or tree houses, unquote. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, apparently, Tony said, but it's a very general title. Project manager. This is quoting again, but it's a very general title. Project manager slash bartender or backup bartender, but everyone has the same title basically. Everyone is a project manor- manager, and then you just work on whatever you feel like. There's no real schedule, unquote. And then the last thing, which is, <laughs> so he's a pro- everybody has the title project manager. They can all work on whatever they want. There's no schedule, and then he goes on to tell this guy Mark quote, your first project can be go build your own tree house or your own home or work with someone else.
1: <laughs> Nathan, when was Actually, the last time me you were a tree house?
2: Me wearing, I, have, I don't think I've ever built a treehouse. See? The last time... Yeah, I mean, I've climbed a lot of trees. I've been known to climb trees even as an adult, but
1: that's what's holding you back. You'll, yeah. you'll, if you, if you go build a tree house. So, I mean, when you hear that, me wearing
2: various sizes of post it notes on my face while we record a podcast is actually a pretty conventional, normal thing to do. And here's this video popping up again.
1: Is it part of the article?
2: Yeah, like I'm going to have to exit the article.
1: So I'm looking at the actual court document filed with Nevada and that part looks legit. <laughs> He's asking for a total of 12.5 million dollars, okay, based on this agreement. So was
2: this that, how how would that work if the number was 400 and he was only going to get paid 450 a year plus He's... bonuses of at least 20%. That doesn't add up to 12.5.
1: Um, I think it's for a certain amount of years. I think it was like also, a. So the contract was for a period of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So I mean, if you're a contract attorney, this would be kind of a interesting exercise, right? Because anyone who's studied contract law, there's elements for a contract to be binding, and then there's rules for when you can look outside the contract for other evidence, like this awesome transcript. Um, And so, like, this would be a perfect law school test question.
2: I cannot imagine that law school professors have not just gone bonkers. Like, contracts law could be a totally different game based on the exams could be a totally different game based on the scenarios that are coming out of the Tony
1: Shea case. So do you think they're going to prevail on their contracts? You know, I haven't read
2: any of the legal documents. I don't really know all the important facts. I just know all the entertaining facts. Um, But I'll just say this, that after... 2020 and the first half of 2021 nothing surprises me. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing surprises me. So well, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, I wouldn't be surprised if he asks for 12.5 and gets
1: 16.3. I, yeah, like I think he's asking for 12.5 and I, I, I bet he gets a small amount of that, but
2: that would be my guess. But I I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just saying nothing surprises me. But so what you're saying is sounds more like you're actually conducting some sort of legal analysis (laughs) probably takes us to the point where you now need to give us our
1: disclaimer disclaimer. Okay. So Nathan and I are attorneys but this podcast is for educational purposes only. So although we're going to talk about legal topics, it's to help everybody learn. And so you need to get separate legal advice for your specific situation based on the laws in your area and your, your specific facts. Nice. So with that being said.
2: Well, so what I was going to say is it sounds like you're conducting some sort of a legal analysis or a tactical analysis where you're saying that it's not uncommon for people to ask for the moon when Mm -hmm. really what they're looking for is to capture a few stars yeah so ask for the biggest amount of money that you can possibly justify without filing frivolous documents with the court Mm -hmm. or maybe even people go far enough as to file frivolous documents but then that's your starting number and then tony's estate would start with okay we'll pay you five dollars because they'll say you asking us for 12.5 is about as reasonable as us offering you five, (laughs) or we'll offer you one, $1. And then that begins the back and forth. This is from my days in the litigation arena where, you know, there's, there maybe will be a a mediation, but there's going to be a back and forth and, 'Cause I mean who who really wants to, does somebody really want to go to trial on this?
1: I don't think so, but the the part where I think like it, how's he gonna get all of it is there's no there's no termination clause in this contract, right? So I mean I don't know. It just seems like
2: termination clause, you mean integration clause?
1: You no, know, like there's no there's no rules for who can Terminate oh. the contract, what the consequences are for terminating the contract. Can you imagine I mean, if, if is this just been, an employment agreement that's at will? Sounds like yeah, it to me. I don't know.
2: But that know. but that but that's a fun question, actually. Can you imagine if he had written this document constitutes the entire agreement? <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if so for somebody not that doesn't understand what an integration clause is an integration clause or a complete agreement clause is something that you put in a legal document so that all of the verbal discussions you've had all of the maybe written correspondence that's changed hands in the process of of building the contract so that all of that stuff um, merges into the final written document and if it's not written I think we made a four corners
1: joke. You know, we did. And we said but you'd have to listen to this one to find out why it's, it's funny.
2: If it's not written in the four corners because like a page has four corners, right? So like on this post-it note on my so not right four hands, corners
1: Arizona, Utah, where no. you go for the Okay. So so if it's not
2: written in the four corners of the document, then it's not going to happen so what that would mean is because in these little post-it note contracts parole evidence or outside extraneous evidence other than what's written on the post-it note would come in right there's going to be testimony about well this is what our discussion was this transcript of a conversation all of that can come in to prove what the actual contract was but i would i would love if he would have just had like pre-printed post-it notes which he wasn't the kind of guy that would do this, but pre-printed <laughs> post-it notes that had the bottom. a little tiny, like barely legible. <laughs> maybe even you need a magnifying glass to read it. This document constitutes the in- the entire agreement between the parties.
1: <laughs> and then, <laughs> like we're, then we're just even like, though we've no.
2: explained it, everyone that even though we've just explained it and we're laughing like. People are like, what is funny about this? <laughs> so I'm sorry, we're geeking out again a little bit. But I mean, I would mess around with that if I was a contracts law professor and I had a law school exam. I would say, ask them the question based on the post it note, and at the very end, throw them a curveball and say that the contract. Had a mic, uh, a barely visible but very legible under under a, a magnifying, magnifying glass, glass integration clause that made it so that nothing, the that, that the court was forced to only look at the four corners of the post it note <laughs> to determine the intent of the parties. And well, you could the on this one. The
1: case. You could not tell what the agreement is just on the post it, <laughs> like without that transcript. So it's like, <clears throat> I don't if know. He, if he'd done that, that probably would have killed every one of these cases, right? Yeah, it would have made them so hard. They, um, I mean, that they would still argue that integration clause is invalid because it's too small, Nathan. Um, <laughs> I didn't see it. How can it be there's enforceable? Not a, there's not uh, a font size requirement. <clears throat> so the um, the only thing on this post it that would be. You know, they'd be like, all right, I'm reading it, I'm reading it, Nacho Daddy. Okay, I have no idea what any of this.
2: And by the way, that's spelled nacho like nacho cheese, Nacho Daddy. So it's probably a nacho place, but clearly it also is a play on words. Yeah. I'm Nacho
1: Daddy. (laughs) Okay. So what does this have to do with all of us people who don't have $140 million estate? Well, it's, it's really funny and entertaining. It's funny and entertaining, but it also impacts everybody's normal estate planning. Don't you think? This concept? <clears throat> Remind me what the concept is: creditors when someone dies. Right? Oh,
2: gotcha. Like, I we we're talking about that. <laughs> I was having so much fun with contract law messing with contract law and putting an integration clause on the post-it note, that I I lost track of what the actual topic was. So go ahead, go ahead, bring us back.
1: Yeah. So I passed away or now let's do this. Right. And I've had this with my clients. Mom or dad passes away and we're working on paying off their bills and working on getting their estate all taken care of. And then Someone comes forward and says, hey, you know, your mom and dad said, owes me $8,000. I did this work for them. They never paid me. Um, You know, fork up the money. Mm -hmm. That happens, Especially, especially with clients who are older, right? Like I actually just dealt with this. One of my clients... I think you told me this. This is
2: mind-blowing. This is the kind of garbage that goes on with vulnerable seniors. Tell them this. This will make, this kind of ticked me off.
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. So basically, you know, they're, they
2: had a problem. What's funny about this before you go into it is that all of our (laughs) listeners are already going, oh, I already know exactly what they're going to say. They're like, you guys aren't old enough to know How many phone calls, emails, texts, and envelopes arrive that are from these scammers? Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So this this situation, my client needed a new HVAC system. Slick salesman comes over, signs him up for a lease agreement, right? Doesn't even sell him the equipment. It's just a lease to own kind of thing. You lease it and when the term of the lease is over, then you own it. And... It was that contra- include like the, did that include like the duct work or was it just the furnace? It was just the furnace and the AC. So it was two, it was both sides, but, Okay. and, and right. And so, and during the lease, they're going to service it. So there's, I mean, there's some value there and they've got something, but it was over a $30,000 contract. And, and so he passes away like a year, year and a half after signing this thing. And mm-hmm. The family's like. Then the family finds out about it, and they're like, "What the heck did Dad sign?" And you know, like, why are we paying this much money? And now, do we have to keep paying on this furnace? You know, and and the and the contract was intense. It said, you know, like if you cancel in the first couple of years, you got to pay ninety eight percent of the contract.
2: And did That's it good? Did it say that it was binding on his? successors and assigns so to be binding on the estate yeah
1: yeah it's binding <laughs> on successors and assigns and luckily though they did not the spouse did not sign it right and the way it was set up and and luckily we had done their estate planning so we set it up so most of the assets were no longer in part of his estate cuz he had mm-hmm. an asset protection trust which was a good idea and so long story short his estate was insolvent basically like the assets weren't in the estate anymore. So we basically were able to go back to this company and negotiate and say, yeah, we're going to pay you a more reasonable amount for that. We're terminating the lease. We're going to give you X amount of money to buy the equipment. So you have to take your lien off of the equipment and we're going to call it good. And, um, Fortunately, that worked out, but it could have went, it could have went the other way, right? They could have continued to fight the issue. They could have came and took the equipment out and then they would have had to buy a whole new system and get it installed. And, um, and if the spouse would have signed it too, then she would have been stuck with that contract. And so it's, it happens that the older we get, the easier it is for us to make a bad deal. And then our state's stuck with it and it's got to deal with it. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's one thing that I get questions about a lot after um, someone passes away. And that's about how to handle and deal with creditors. And so there's this, there's. Oh, I get
2: that almost every time somebody
1: passes away. And do you like, so do you, so for, for most states, there's a statute that says how fast or how much time a creditor has to come and ask for money from the estate. There's, there's this window. And if you don't come ask for your money within this window, then you're barred from asking for the money. Mm -hmm. And so in Utah, in
2: a probate, oh yeah, go ahead and tell. Yeah. So in Utah, it's a year. Um, Yeah, but you can shorten it to 90 days in a probate by filing a notice to creditor saying you have 90 days from the date of the first publication of this notice Mm -hmm. to make claims and if you're but but totally changes if you're in a trust and that's most of the time when i'm getting questions
1: well this there's a statute for the trust too that allows it um so sometimes we'll just do notice for both we'll we'll file notice for both or sometimes we'll just file notice for the probate if it's there's no trust but um that's the question like one of the first things is the family's gotta decide, do we are we worried there might be some creditor out there that we don't know about or some bill? And do we wanna do we wanna shorten the period of when everyone can come ask for it? So then Yeah, and I guess what I'm saying
2: is mine and that that's true. I mean that, in that case you'd wanna publish. But I guess um, and maybe you should always publish. That's maybe the best way, but uh-huh. I yeah. guess that that's also inviting people that might not otherwise know that somebody had passed away to the table.
1: Yeah, you have to kind of weigh, weigh the pros and cons of yeah, publishing. So it's
2: a very it's a very fact-based discussion and cost-benefit and cost benefit analysis that you have to do. But I guess what I'm saying is I'm getting questions from people saying, well, so everything was in a trust. Do we have to pay this credit card bill or do we have to pay... Oh this medical bill. And I mean, Kind of depends on the type of trust. Right. Exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of a fan of, Hey, like if it's a legit bill. Oh, for sure. I always say, don't stiff the hospital,
2: like (laughs) don't stiff the last illness, but, but what about the magazine guy that came and, Mm -hmm. Put him on a contract for three hundred dollars a month for four different magazines. Yep, I'm going to tell him, you know what? Let that guy pound sand.
1: Or the the handyman that no one really knew that was doing stuff for mom and dad, and we're not really sure what he was doing, and they've been paying him for all these years. And did they really already pay him? Does he does he really owed? Yeah, and then or- I've also
2: got people that they're just worried no matter what i tell them they're worried that maybe they're going to be personally liable for it or there's going to be some legal consequence and i always say well you know what you know you're in a really good bargaining position right now to call and say we um just lost mom or dad and there's a very limited um pot of money um you're claiming that you owed this we disagree Um, but we're willing to pay you this. We take that as payment in full. And I think that happens a lot. Yeah. It should happen a lot. And then I think there's also a certain amount of like unsecured credit card debt that probably just gets written off when people die.
1: There is. There is. Credit card companies probably get the short end of the stick a lot of times. That's why rates... Are not are always high. Amazing. That's why the rates are high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the general idea is, if someone passes away, you want to have a conversation with your attorney about what what your strategy is going to be for estate creditors, right? Like, even if you don't have an eight hundred forty million dollar estate and you're not having twelve point five million dollar post it claims, you can. You might be having a ten thousand dollar claim from the HVAC guy, right? Or who knows, right? So it's good, to, it's good to come up with your strategy and stick to it. and So are
2: you saying the same thing that we say over and over and over again in our podcast, that it's good to have a plan, it's good to plan in advance, it's good to have a trust advisor, somebody you can call when something comes up, some, someone your family can call when something comes up
1: after you're deceased. Is that what you're saying, Mike? I think it might be a good idea. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, Nathan. It's, it's, it makes all the difference. Every time. Okay. There's a big problem. If the family would have had a trusted advisor, they could have relied on early in the game. It would have went, it would have just been been a legal question, not a legal problem. Right. Mm -hmm. So
2: Um, during this podcast, my wife has texted me a couple of times. And when I hold my phone up to try to get at the text, you see yourself no (laughs) it won't your post-its it won't unlock based on my facial recognition and the first couple of times I was like why is my facial recognition not working and then it dawned on me that I still have four your post-it notes attached to various Mm -hmm. parts of my glasses and face so
1: good news I was just going through my post-its on my desk and I found one here. It looks like Tony owes me 20 mil. <laughs> that time I, I gave him a ride home. Once I saw one I better in the
2: comments to one of 20 the 20 million
1: for the ride home.
2: I saw one that's better in the comments. A uh, guy said, I've got one of those too. It's, it was for a hundred million. <laughs> and then what was the other one? It's a, it's a post dated, um, two signature, out-of-state
1: post-it note something like that yeah with that good luck (laughs) so well i think by the time we do another update on his estate there will probably be another post-it or two so that will have been brought forward as
2: a basis for a contract Yep, that'll be brought i'm still waiting for the one that has the integration clause written in tiny little letters at the bottom
1: i think the next time we order post-its we're going to put that on all of ours (laughs) I don't do a lot of i don't i don't engage
2: clients using post-it notes
1: but you know sometimes you just write a note for someone like hey and do this want, thing want to make
2: sure that no parole evidence can come in no outside extraneous evidence yep. can come in
1: that post-it was only about what it contained in it's in the four corners so if, it's so if i
2: written there
1: so if i wrote on there don't forget to pick up you know milk the store that's the only
2: milk is the only
1: item so if you forgot eggs and bread <laughs> and they're like i told you eggs and bread I'm, i'll be like you can't bring this, that in this no was, no no this would be <laughs> Sarah, right this would be i mean maybe yeah my wife maybe if she yeah. got mad like i told you after i
2: told you the first time we need a milk i i reminded you again that
1: eggs bread
2: and eggs and Mm -hmm. you say well i wrote it on a post-it note that has an integration clause at the bottom and so the only thing i was legally bound to buy was the milk yeah that goes over i'll be
1: like sarah if you want (laughs) the eggs and bread you got to put it in the contract oh man the post-it contract
2: there's so many people confused over why we think this is funny. I don't know. I it would solve so many it.
1: problems. I'm going to do it next order. I hope we
2: explained it well enough that people get it, but I don't know. We'll have to ask audience Ons, Ons woman Christy if she understands it based on our multiple attempts to explain it and whether she thought it was funny. But it doesn't matter because one way or the other, it's going to get published. And it's part of this podcast. So hope everyone had a good time because I'll i be honest, I had a blast today on our Tony Shea update episode.
1: Thanks, everyone. <clears throat>
2: See you next time.
0: You've been listening to Legacy Lawyers with Michael Haslam and Nathan Croxford. We give you the juicy detail of cases that our law firm has dealt with. We take out the lawyer talk and legalese and show you what options some of our clients had to choose from to fix their situation. The effects of not doing planning can be devastating. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook and Instagram at Voyant Legal. Call us at 801-951-0500 or send us an email at team at voyantlegal.com and for commonly asked questions hit voyantlegal.com slash resources we'll see you next time